You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Good morning. How are you today? Afternoon. I'm good. How are you? I uh, <laughs> I have uh, spent the. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You all right? I don't even know why I'm laughing. I just. I don't either. <laughs> it's just the whole process of setting up to do this and then when we start doing it the first thing that comes in my mind is all right what are we going to talk about because we don't plan any of it we just start talking well we do not no we do not plan any of it and what's really interesting to me is that every time we we get ready to do this uh you spend 20 minutes setting up your stuff and then well, you I'm... and then you say are you ready and just for the record <laughs> i'm ready the minute that we connect. I, I'm I'm always ready. I'm I'm set up. I'm ready to go. And and then you're like 20 minutes in. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I've been ready. <laughs> am I your? Am I like the the equivalent, the podcast equivalent of like your wife? You're waiting for your wife yes, to get ready. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to go? I've been ready. <laughs> I've been sitting here on the couch for 45 yeah, minutes exactly. watching Netflix while I'm waiting for you to pick your, you know, the right color barrette for your hair. Yeah, and like, that's exactly true. Now, now you're asking me if I'm ready? I'm in a tux. Let's go. Oh, I have. A, I've been doing something this weekend that, uh, that I'm looking forward to the day you have to do it. Uh, and that is um, my daughter is in a, like a, you know, I guess, a Future Farmers of America thing, FFA. Oh, I, yeah, they had that when I was in school. Yep. Yeah, which, by the way, we, we've made it perfectly clear. You're not going to be a farmer. Let me just make it perfectly clear. <laughs> this is not all fun. There's anything wrong with being yeah. a farmer? Taking care of the goat and everything is fine, but you're not going to be a farmer, uh, okay? <laughs> you, know, you know, I feel like that's the sort of thing you have to be born into. That yeah, you right. know, you have to grow up on a farm and stuff. You don't just like live in some nice neighborhood in Florida and then suddenly go off and buy 150 acres. I don't, I don't think that that's the way that works. I don't know. Uh, maybe if that's what she wants to do, I think you're suppressing her dreams right I, now. I can't get her to clean a dish. There's no way I'm going to get her to clean, to slop the hogs. Yeah, that's yeah she's not going to be slopping the hogs yeah, at 5 a.m. That's yeah. something's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, this week she comes to me and she says, I have to build a birdhouse. So um, I'm like, okay. And, and I got behind the idea. I'm like, hey, all right, you know, dad, project, we're going to build a birdhouse. This is going to be great. And let me tell you something. So how many birdhouses did you find in the birdhouse department at uh, Hobby Lobby? I didn't go to the Hobby Lobby, dude. I didn't do that, no. I went down to the Home Depot. I bought me a sheet of plywood. I, you know, I bought uh, some dowel to make a little perch, you know. Came home, marked that stuff off, cut it with a jig. And let me tell you right now, I am not a guy you want operating power tools. It is no, just not, not It is not pretty. I mean, it is... Th- th- <laughs> This is a house that so would be condemned. It would never pass inspection. There's huge gaps in the walls. There's got to be a draft, Gary. There's got to be right. a draft. The plumbing is not up to code. Lucky, uh, <laughs> luckily, you don't have to pull a permit for a birdhouse. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> awful. I mean, it looks like it's like a homeless, you know, like a, just a, a, per, a terrible person built. You've this. got like you've got like a birdie lean-to in your backyard. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like so, and she's got to turn this in for a grade. So it's. <laughs> It's not going to be pretty for for FFA. Yeah, don't worry. I I think as long as she's got you doing her projects for her, she doesn't have to worry about ever accidentally becoming a farmer. That's true. Well, you know she you know she won. This is so she won first place at the state fair in her category for this pot full of plants that she did or something. You had to you had to put together a pot of plants, and so she bought the plants at Home Depot, and then she put them in a pot with some rocks. 
and and she put it in competition and there were actually quite quite a few in the competition and she won first in her in her division and she won best in show uh with her potted plant and i took a picture of it and posted it on facebook of her with her plant um and i just i find the whole thing quite amusing here's what's interesting first prize the award was a cash award and it was about half the money that I spent on plants and pot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's about it. You know, yeah. it's, uh, so I'm like, you're going to yeah. need to enter this in a few more contests, sweetie, because I would like to get my money back. <laughs> well, some of the some of the photography competitions offer cash prizes. I'm like, do you have any idea how much money you spent just to make that image? Not yeah. not including right? equipment. Oh, you know? by the way, I talked to. You'll appreciate this story, and this, and for, this is photography related. I was talking to Rich Newell. Uh, the the district competition that Rich is in, I guess Central District, was uh, this weekend. And so he and his wife, uh, Christy, were uh, competing, and they have a little friendly rivalry to see who can get the most points. And uh, Christy got a 100. She got a perfect 100 score this weekend. Congratulations. Holy cow. Yeah, congratulations to Christy. I know she's very big on competition, you know, and she's she's uh, she's really into it. And to have, to have, and I think it's her first 100, and, and she's, I mean, got to be over the moon. But um, so he was texting me. That happened, like, first day. And he was like, great. You know, we're off to the races, and first day she's got 100. So good luck catching her. And he said, uh, this is as bad as last year when she was done, and I had one more image left to come up, and all I needed to tie her was 102. (laughs) 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 And I'm thinking, you're sitting there watching the monitor going, come on, 102. Come on, judges. 102, baby. (laughs) That would be a first in the history of photographic competition, I'm sure. Give me that that 102 so I can tie my wife. Yeah. The district competitions are definitely underway. I see it so on my Facebook feed. Yeah. All of our oh, photographer yeah. friends from around the country that are competing in these uh, district competitions running up to IPC are posting. Uh, it's either uh, triumphant, like I scored a 90, or people are saying how badly they got crushed. So there's very there's no like... There's not a single person that's like, yeah, I did about as well as I thought. I'm pretty pleased with my performance. It's either like I knocked it out of the park or they drummed me out of the competition and said I shouldn't be a professional. What I find interesting is the people who are like, well, I did I did okay. Um, I had one image that got a 100, and I had another image that got a 79. And I think, how is that possible? How is it possible that a person who could produce a perfect 100 image, which is so rare, could also produce a 79? You know, I don't know. Is well, it like, me, I, I take you know, I mean, images like, all the time, don't you? I don't, I, well, I mean, I get all 79s, so I'm consistent. That's my point. <laughs> You yeah. are the king of 79. I'm the king of 79. When it comes to being above average, I am right at the top. I am right at the top of above average. You know, I was talking to Randy Van Dynen this week. We were both judges. That, there's a good the, example. Uh, Randy got like really high scores and then really low scores. Yeah, he well, he did two different cases. In his photographic case, he didn't. Uh, he did pretty well. In his artist case, I don't think he did as well as he wanted. Yeah, he was telling me. I said, "Hey, how'd you do at district?" He goes, "Yeah, not so good." He's like, "I got an 87, an 86." I'm like, "Stop right there!" It's <laughs> like, what? "You did great." See, it's really you know? not. See, I disagree with you in that case. I think that that's really not great because that's still 13 points from the top. If you get an 87, there's a whole upper range. That's I'd be stoked. That not even I'd be stoked. Using. To get an 87. And when you talk, oh, well, I would love an 87. But but a guy like Randy, I mean, when they, when Randy says that he that in the artist category he didn't merit, and I think Randy is he poss- Is it possible for him to do an image that doesn't score in the top twenty percent or thirty percent of the? I mean, come on, really, Randy? Uh, I know, know everybody that, screws yeah. up. I've judged plenty of images that turned out to be from somebody who has a big name and a great reputation, and 
then as it turns out, like they really goofed up something. A lot of times it can be something small, like being slightly out of focus or like they get, they, they get the perspective wrong in a composite where like, I, you know, there was a, there are a couple of images I've judged in the past where one of Randy's, and I've told this story, I'm sure he won't mind me telling, I was judging up at a competition where for Tappa and he had this image in that he ended up doing really well with later on, but he had basically composited a woman onto a sidewalk, like a Chinatown kind of thing, and she was dressed in like traditional garb. I remember and that. I was I was there in the audience yeah, when, well, you, when yeah. you ripped him and, to shreds and left him crying well, in the corner. He, her feet were the same size as the, the whole width of the sidewalk. So I'm like, unless that's a the 50-foot woman, she's way too big. <laughs> and so perspective is really difficult when you're compositing yeah. because you're sitting there looking at it and adjusting. And you know, you and even somebody as, as a great an image maker as that can make a mistake because you know when you're looking at an image sometimes especially these composite images people spend 20 hours 30 hours working on them sometimes more to get it exactly right and when you're staring at something for that long you know you could you could just stop seeing it's like being nose blind to how your house smells you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah what is with that like your house is fine and then you go out to dinner and you walk in coming home and you're like oh my god is this what my house smells like (laughs) was was somebody making shrimp in here (laughs) i had a client here earlier today what the hell (laughs) is this what that is not that is not pine salt that is not pine salt (laughs) yeah i guess i mean you know even tom hanks made bonfire of the vanities yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. All of the like the actors that make these incredible movies. We were just talking about Bill Paxton, God rest his soul, last week, you know, and like he made he was in some great movies, but he was in some pretty terrible movies too. Yeah. Yeah. We, even some of those were great. So what else is going on? We had we had uh some topics on the Facebook page. We had questions from listeners. I tell you what's been happening with me uh, this week that's been interesting is uh, I've been shooting more in my studio because I've been doing my little project where people, my friends come to the house and I'm like, you've got to come and let me take your picture. Yeah, I've and, been seeing those pop up. And, and I've been noticing, and, and uh, let me let me just go ahead, and especially because when competition season is going on, I feel like I have to qualify every picture that I show because I don't even want to show a picture, any picture, when competition season is going on because I know that everyone's you know setting their standards so high. Uh, but when I do these portraits, I don't spend 30 minutes with my person and try and get a perfect. I'm just like, make sure the light's decent and then you know get 10 frames and thank you. You know, so I, you're a- aiming for mediocrity. I, got I am. Well, I'm. Well, what I'm aiming for is just you know a, a, a good, a, dec- a good picture of you. You know, and then because that, if if you make it a big deal for them, well, then that ruins the whole point. You know, they're not going to want to do it. I want to make it quick. Then sit down for me and let me take a few frames. Well, you know, Savannah Butler uh, recently I sat down and let me do it. Uh, and uh, so uh, one of the things I've noticed is, uh, and this is really weird. I I'll then work it over a little bit in Photoshop, but then when I post it on Facebook. And I look at it on Facebook, it seems way more processed than I thought it was. And you're talking about looking at something for 20 hours. Right. And yeah. I'll be like, okay, that looks good. And then I'll put it on Facebook and I'm like, whoa, the cat's light's way too big in their eyes. And oh, the, you know, you, notice, you don't notice this stuff until after it's too late. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a processing rule. It's, it's like out I, there. My, my, my best friend in the world is a history brush. And like when I get done retouching, I'll grab the history brush, set it to the beginning history state at like 30%, and I just wipe the whole face down. It brings whatever retouching I did back to the beginning, by like thir- reduces it by like 30%. Oh, as not... long as you haven't done liquefy or cropped it, because in which case it'll end up looking really weird. But it's just a little habit I've gotten into to make sure that I don't overdo it. As a, as a guideline, if I'm teaching retouching, which I shouldn't be teaching retouching because my stuff looks good, but I'm seriously, I'm a complete hack in the process. But... um. 
I always tell people is like apply an effect and then walk it back 50%. You can always right. add more effect on. You can always take it a little farther. But if you're going to retouch something, because let me tell you something that's really uh, the, the common mistake is that people um, aren't really impressed anymore. Like they've got skin softening filters in their Snapchat, you know. Right. <laughs> they, they don't really like I, – I get so many requests now. Occasionally I get a client that wants to be over-retouched and I have to kind of battle them a little bit. But most of the time – my clients are really thrilled with not – they want to look good and they want to be retouched properly, but they don't want to look like fake, horrifying porcelain dolls. You know, they don't want that. Well, I think if that's they, a side If they effect. wanted that, they could just put the filter on in their Instagram and they yeah. can have that anytime they want. That's a side effect of the selfie generation. One of the great things about the selfie generation is that we're dealing now with a, with a generation of people who are used to seeing themselves in a picture looking exactly the way they look. You know, they, they take pictures of themselves all the time. So they're not horrified when they see a picture of themselves. They're like, oh, my God, yeah. that's what I look like? <laughs> you know, that like, might be true. Yeah, like the first time you hear yourself recorded singing, you're like, oh, my God, I, that's what I sound like? It's the same thing, you know. And so now when you show a, a bride a picture, for example, I, I don't think that they're so horrified, oh, my God, at the way they look because they see themselves every day. They take pictures of themselves every day. So they're perfectly aware of the large number of moles that they have or whatever is going on with their face. And I'm, I'm like you said, I, I actually more concerned about about doing too much now that someone's gonna be like that doesn't you know you took too many moles off my face you know or you took you know i don't look like me anymore and even just even just the minor stuff the stuff that you take for granted i'm not even talking about the 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 skin smoothing or taking the bags out from under the eyes i'm talking about the minor stuff like well you have quite a few moles and so i just tend to normally remove them they're distractions and then sometimes i think well wait like especially with kids if i'm doing a bar mitzvah i'm like wait he's got a lot of moles i'll take half of them off but i'm not taking them all off because then it's just not gonna look like them (laughs) You have a mole limit. I, I do. There is, there's a I mole know, the mole limit. threshold has been passed. Mole, mole, mole. There's a limit. Mole, mole, mole. There's a limit to the number of moles <laughs> that I will remove from your face. All right. We uh, listen. We have to do the question from last week before we be, okay. uh, before we forget. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to forget this question. And and I feel like this is going to be more for me because uh, one of us recently has completely stopped doing weddings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We took uh, weddings off of our website. I've got one more wedding next month, and it's uh, and it's my last wedding, uh, my last wedding ever, at least for the foreseeable future, unless something happens and we got to pivot our business around and start doing weddings again. It's uh, we're we're pretty much all headshots and commercial now. So long, Gary Hughes. We hardly knew ye. It was nice <laughs> having you as one of our members, but now. Yeah, I'm going to become one of those old old crusty judges who hates that, wedding images. That's right. So. We have to cast you adrift. My people, Gary, are the wedding people. Those are my people. The underappreciated, kept in the back of the bus, not not getting the credit we deserve people. That's that's what my people. The struggle lives on, Gary Hughes. You just go on I to your see, ivory tower. I've abandoned the cause. I've that's sold right. out. You have abandoned the cause to go on hey, to your you know, little ivory tower. Here's something that might interest you, though. I was judging with uh, Kevin Floyd and Randy Van Dynan, both previous guests on our show at the Lakeland uh, P- PPA this last week. And a wedding image won best in show. Really? Yes. By uh, by Marty Newkirk, actually, who's a member of our Florida. Association. Oh, I love I love Marty, and no, uh, in, in no way a slam to Marty. But in this wedding image, how much of the image was composed of actually a bride and a groom, or a bride? It was it was a profile of a bride in a window. The bride was seventy five percent of the image. It was fantastic. Stunning. 
Fantastic. Yeah, it was it was a really simple bridal portrait and one best in show. Fantastic. Really, really <laughs> because good. you know how many times we like to joke that uh, that most of the the bride and groom, most of the uh, wedding images that that merit are uh, a picture of a landscape with a bride down in the corner. Well, that's that's in the rule book <laughs> at, at PPA to win in the wedding category. Yeah. Your your bride and and groom can't take up more than one inch vertically. That's in, right. In that's true. So they have that's to absolutely <laughs> true. Have to be very small. It's always like that's how they train us. This is a beautiful architectural picture of this hotel. Is that oh, a look, there's, there's there? a bride right down there in the corner. Bride? There's a bride. I can't tell. Oh, okay. So those of us shooting at the Lions Club, having a little trouble with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the question uh, that came in was uh, from uh, Sean in Durham, North Carolina. And he said, we've kind of covered this before, but it's worth talking about again. He said, love to hear how you handle the initial wedding email inquiry to the, count, to the consultation, how to overcome objections, and tips on closing the sale. Now, I forget, are you, or were you, I should say were, because you've abandoned us, were you one of those people who absolutely belongs to the church of get them on the phone as soon as possible when they contact you? Yeah, there are a couple ways of thinking <clears throat> in general um, when it comes to handling inquiries. And the biggest, the biggest thing people start with is, do I or do I not put pricing on my website? And that, to me, that brings the initial um, point of contact into question. So people who say you put your prices on your website, it's going to filter out people who can't afford you. Um, so it's qualifying your clients. People who don't put their prices on the website say, I want a chance to talk to that person because it's very often that people will spend more money than they think they want to ahead of time. So let me qualify that person on the phone. So I guess that's, I've done it both ways, but I got to tell you, life's a little easier when you're not fighting for prices. When the client calls and they go, yeah, I already know what I want. But um, the happy medium we always reached was, putting a kind of a starting price like you can ex- our wedding collection start at and i see a lot of people do that that's what i do where you, where you can expect to, for people to say is this person in the ballpark of what i'm thinking and i think that that's a pretty that's a pretty fair way to do it um as the as the you know the so-called millennial generation and now the ones that are getting married for the most part um they're going to do a lot of research. I, I run into this all the time. I just had a, a client come in for a business headshot, and he brought his wife with him. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, I checked you guys out. She's like, I went on your Instagram. I went on your Facebook page. She like went uh, checked us out from top to bottom everywhere we are online. And so it was uh, it was pretty interesting to to go through that process, to have that feedback from a client and realize that people are checking you out before they make a buying decision. And generally that... Um, depending on how you, what generation you're a part of, keeping that information back can, I think, negatively affect how the client views you. If you're like, here it is. We have all of our prices for headshots and commercial work on our website. So you typically, by the time somebody gets in touch with us, I would say 50% of our inquiries, people already identify what they want to buy in the initial inquiry. Like, they checked us out completely. They like our work. They decided they want us. And they already picked off the pricing menu. I want to do this. Now, we have the opportunity to upsell them after that. But what I'm trying not to do is to I, I, fielding the how much does that cost inquiry is a huge waste of time 75% of the time because when you just give somebody the price and their first inquiry with you is always going to be, unless you have prices really obviously on your site, what does this cost? Right. And right off the and bat, so, it's an uncomfortable. You're talking money as a, right off the bat. Right. I, have, right. I so, have on my website, we start at... Um, but, you know, to, but to put that into a different perspective, my wife's website for her beach wedding company... Um, when it comes to her uh, beach weddings with receptions, she did that. She said, we started this because she was tired of having to field all those phone calls. 
Uh, and last year, she said she absolutely feels that her bookings were down as a result. That she said that because a lot of people, you know, it was a lot of phone calls, but there were also many people who would call her and say, this is my budget. And then when she explained it to them, they would realize that their budget was too low uh, and that and then that they would have to go higher and they would end up booking her at a higher budget. So I think it's really a, I don't know, I, I think sometimes maybe it's a point of, of like when you're first starting out, you really want to be talking to as many people as you can. Uh, I think it depends on the yeah. type of business that you want to have too. If you want to have a lower volume, <clears throat> higher dollar business, that'd be perfect because then you're going to feel that you're going to uh, reduce your increase down to the people who automatically in their head already have a high budget. Right. That being said, um, you know there are a lot of people that you can when you give them the right ap- apologetics for what your prices are or explain your service. If you explain to them sort of the white glove level of your service, then they'll see that it can be like yesterday. I walked into the T-Mobile store. And I, and I brought an old phone. We were adding a line. I was expecting just to add the line to the phone and walk out the door because they had a special, like, add a line for free. And tomorrow, yesterday was the last day to do it. So I walked in. I walked out with, like, two new phones, changed our plan around. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? It's like I walked in there expecting to spend $0, and I walked out having spent, like, $300. You know what I mean? Once she started explaining the benefit of spending the money that I was going to spend to do the things that – it made sense to me to – make to bot to make those purchases so it, it is it is there is a strong argument you're going to field a lot more inquiries if you don't have prices um but i wonder if that mentality isn't changing now once that inquiry comes in if you don't have prices immediately the first question is how much for this okay but, but it also gives you the ability to gather information which is once you start the conversation and they say how much you say okay well in order to give you an estimate i need to get more info from you and so getting the info, where's the wedding, how long is it, what do you want, what's the most important to you, all that stuff. And that's when, as soon as you start talking about the details of the day, you're pretty much got them booked, at least in my experience. Once you're going into detail with them, they're gonna most likely going to go with you. I'll tell you what is interesting to me is that when I first started 10 years ago, I was spending time on message boards and people asking, you know, uh, questions, you know, how do you get, how do you market, how do you get your clients? And I'm reading all this stuff, you know, these other photographers trying to figure out how to uh, build my business. <clears throat> and with weddings, so many veteran wedding shooters would always, you know, in reply to the question about getting your clients uh, online or where do you advertise? And they would say, well, you know, I get most of my clients by referral. And I used to think, like, come on, really? And now, 10 years later, I booked three weddings last week, every one of them referral. They would, I mean, to the point where I had two of them come in and I said, so, you know, you've been on my website and you've looked at my work and they were like, no, <laughs> no, I haven't. You, you did my friend's wedding. And, Just sight unseen. And they, yeah, and they, but and that they, personal they referral is the most powerful you. thing. And so I'm coming in to see you and I was like, wow. I mean, it's just true. If you do it long enough and you do it and you do a good job at it, that eventually you will see so much more work coming from referrals and you don't have to spend so much time marketing, which is great. But listen, back to my original question, which you never really answered, <clears throat> which is I'm this. Good at that. When you get an email inquiry, do you mm-hmm. immediately want to pick up the phone and get them on the phone to reply, or do you reply via email? Um, I for think, a wedding, for a wedding, not for a, I mean, because I know with a headshot yeah, stuff, it, you're going to go back by email and you're dealing emails, with a secretary. Or there's a, a general, there's a, there's a general, uh, a generational difference here. Like, we have so many ways that people can contact us. We get messages through Facebook, through email, through Instagram, through text, through phone calls. And I think that the rule of thumb we like to live by is we contact them how they contacted right. us to That's start what I do. with. Because yeah. if I sent if I sent an e- I know that if I sent an email, unless it was like 
I filled out a customer support request for something that was not working in my house with my cable company, and it said, you sent in a message that said to call you, then I'd be expecting a phone call. But if I sent in a general inquiry of information by email to a company, I would expect to get an email back. And In fact, a phone call might, to me, feel kind of intrusive, like a little aggressive. I have a friend, uh, a friend of mine who does that all the time, who I'll send him an email, hey, da-da-da-da-da, and a few minutes later, my phone rings and it's him. And I'm happy to hear from him, but at the same time, I'm in the middle of something, and I just would have liked it if you just sent me an email back. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, so I could have gotten. It's a little it. easier to feel. I can do other things while sending an email. You know, again, yeah. if you're a wedding photographer specifically, most of the people that you're um, going to be working with are going to be 35 and under, right. and and the majority of those are going to be under 30. Like most people who get married before their 30th birthday for the first and first time. Do you reply to these emails and and these texts the same way that you reply to uh, my texts? In that, like, they'll send you, like, a three or four paragraph uh, thing, and then two days later, you'll text back, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's my go-to. Is that, nice. Is that, how you, nice. is that how you deal with the clients when they come in? If I'm really enthusiastic about a reply, you get an exclamation point after the nice. Nice. I like it. nice is I like it when, I like it when we. I like it when we're texting, and, and, and we start in down a little road on something. And you're like, and there's this and this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, and there's this and this. And you're like, and there's this and this. And then I'm like, yeah, and there's this and 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 this. And you should do this and this and this and this and this. And then silence for like two days. Like, like you're gone. Like you left the room and I'm still talking. Yeah, well, yeah. it's like if you're sending long-winded, super detailed messages to me, I can imagine you at home welling up with like rage yes, and assuming I your am. ultimate form i'm in the and wizard I just state decide, <laughs> i just decide you entered the wizard state and i'm not gonna poke the bear like that's oh, it I'm done. the bear I'm has out. been poked dude the bear is out of the hive and he is swinging wildly and just knocking down trees Do bears live in hives you, you need it out of he's a yeah he's a it's a bear hive Be- come oh, on bear hive. oh i've heard uh, of come those, on yeah. gary i know i know you're not much for schooling <laughs> but they live in a hive <laughs> anyway Okay, yeah, so if, if, reply if back. Inquiries, I by by the rule, by general rule is I'll if, if however they got in touch with me is how we get that okay. they've told me, um, to, in with a tacit omission how they like to communicate by how they right. like to okay, communicate, okay. they call. Okay, we've got to. I got to speed this because there's like 20 thing points I have to hit here, and we're like spinning forever on the one. Okay, so we reply via email if they email yes. us. Okay, so so here's my. I'm going to go ahead and do my whole breakdown for you, uh, because uh, Sean wrote the email. Here's what I. I'll do. be right back. I'm going to go refill. Yeah, my you call. do that. The bear is swinging. So here's what well, here's what I do. The bear is out of the hive. When I I am out of the hive, baby. Uh, so I somewhere I guess a couple of years ago, um, my wife forwarded me this thing. It was a website or a sheet of paper she got somewhere, and somebody had written this write up on on like eight things you should do in an email when you return it to a client. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, why not? I'm, I'll start following this. So I started doing these things, and I've added some of my own as well. But uh, some of the things I try to do in every email back to a client, and first of all, create a, create a, a, a template email that you can just copy-paste and just plug their name and stuff into. I know that sounds impersonal, but you're going you're, you're gonna to write some personal stuff in there, but a lot of this stuff gets sent to every client. So oh, yeah. uh, first of all, write them back. Uh, first thing you want to do is congratulate them on being engaged. You know, oh, that's great. If they are getting married at a venue that you have worked at before, 
Uh, mention how great the venue is. Oh, you're going to love uh, getting married at Cross Creek Ranch. I've worked there several times. If you have a great picture that you shot at their venue, maybe add that right there in, in line in the, in the thing. I'll put a great picture. This is a way of saying to them, oh, you're talking to a guy who knows your venue and is great at that location and you're and, uh, putting them at ease with that. Um, <clears throat> then... Uh, seem excited. I use a lot of explanation points. I know I shouldn't, but I do. I'm like, oh, congratulations, yay! And you want to, you want them to be because you, you, we've talked before about how it's all about the just experience. don't use all caps. Is all no, just don't, don't use, use all, all caps, caps. But it's all about the experience. <laughs> you know, you, you want they, you want them to feel that you're excited about. Hey, I would love to talk to you about your wedding. Um, then I give them some cursory pricing information. I always include at least three links in my email to my blog. Uh, and they will be stories on my blog or articles on my blog that in some way are going to help them. Um, one of them is like uh, 10 tips for getting better pictures on your wedding day with things like keep the keep the hotel room clean. Uh, if you're getting married outside, use lots of uh, hairspray. Uh, you know, just you know, a little blog post I wrote like that. Another one is why is wedding photography so expensive, which helps to justify my costs when they, if they're getting a little shell-shocked. Um, but by giving them these outbound links, you're saying, hey, you know, I'm here for you. I want to help you. I want to help you with this process. And if they go to your blog, great. Because now that's more time they're spending with you and not with the other guy who's looking. Uh, this is one of the tips I got in the email. They were like, we always include at least three links to our blog in our email with, hey, here's some tips. Here's some things that can help you. You might want to take a look at this, you know, when you've got some time. Um, and then I ask, and then the last thing I do is call to action, and that's to try to get them to come in for a consultation. And and one thing I do, which is different than most people is, um, I, I think you were the same way. I don't try to get them to sign when they come in. I don't try yeah. to get money from them when they come in, and I tell them right up front, my, my, my consultation is no pressure. Just come in, meet with me, get to know me, see what we've got to offer, ask all your questions, and then go away with a packet so that you can uh, discuss with whoever and make the decision that you need to make. Because you're more likely to get them to come in and see you if they don't think they're coming in to see a used car salesman. Okay, I got two questions. One, what is your rate of email inquiry of how many people you get into a consultation, percentage-wise? Um... I would say if they are contacting me about what I call a big wedding, you know, like a seven-hour day, full wedding, 150 guest wedding, I would say it is 75% to 80%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And what's your booking rate once they've met with you? Oh, 95, 99%. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't, I don't lose many. As a matter of fact, I'm right now. I'm, I'm getting ready to contact one because I met with four people uh, in the last two weeks, and three of them have booked, and the fourth one has not booked me yet. And I'm like, come on, I want to, you know, I want a clean yeah, sweep. You want to go four for four? Yeah, I want to yeah. go four for four for the last two weeks. But if if they come in and meet with me, uh, I'm there's a good chance I'm going to book them. And, and part of the way that I do that is when they meet with me, I spend an hour talking to them, so that by the time I'm done, they do not want to have to go through this again with somebody else. You know, that, that's my plan. <laughs> I beat them down. I'm convinced. And, and, I, and I tell them this uh, when I'm done talking to them. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I know I talked your ear off. I, and, I, and a joke that I make is I say, I'm, I'm so convinced that so many people book with me because after they leave, the groom looks at the bride and goes, listen, I'm not going through that with two or three more people. Just hire that guy. <laughs> and, that always gets, and that always gets a laugh, you know. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I send him out the door. Thanks, you know. Give me a call when you're ready to book. And I, I can't tell you how many times I get a, a text or a call from them five minutes later in the car. You know, they get in the car and they're driving home and they're like, yeah, that guy, great. And they text me right then and go, hey, we want to book. Send us the stuff. 
Does the text ever include anything like, um, how many moles do you retouch off? Yeah, no, there's never a mole or question. Why, or why does your house smell mole, like that? Mole, 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 Never a mole, <laughs> mole question. Mole. But I'm not afraid to... Uh, my my thing is I really much try to push expertise. So, like, if I'm talking, talking to them, I'm saying it's important you get a photographer who can do this. It's important you get a photographer who knows how to pose you, even if you think you don't want to be posed. And then I'll jump up. And I'll grab the the girl right there. I'm like, stand up for me. Here, put your weight on your back foot. Bend your, come up on your, you know, put your weight on your back foot. Come up on your toe. Now turn, now, you know, look away, you know, point away from the camera. Turn your hips back. Put your hand here. This is going to keep you from getting a fat arm. Ba 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 ba. And I'll do a quick pose with her. This is going to make your fat arms look great. Well, yeah, no, well, it's not so much that, but, but you know, what I'm saying by you giving know her how that little thing. And gross your arms are. I'm going to fix that. Watch. Let me show you. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. And those moles, my God. Mole, mole, mole. <laughs> but right away, she's like, oh, wow, this guy, you know, this guy knows his stuff. This guy's going to make me look better, you know. So, and that's my, because I am, you know, like you, you know, I'm competing against the 35-year-old uh, woman wedding photographer who is going to connect with you on a personal level and, and you know, and the two of you are going to bond over your menstrual cycle. I don't know, but I can't compete wow. with that. <laughs> Sexism is alive and well, Bure. That's fantastic. You know that's saying, all, that's all what I'm, women talk about. Women listen, just talk I'm not about saying, their menstrual listen, cycle. No. What I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I am I saying know, clearly. The weather, events uh, of the day. Their thoughts and feelings, their ambitions, right. their hopes and dreams. Nope, they pretty much just talk about their menstrual cycle. I felt that it had been too long since there nice was a joke. Job. I had to get it's something. It's amazing in. that anyone married you. For my God's point sake. is, my point is, they are definitely going to have more in common with you than I do. So, well, okay, got... you could have just said that instead of the <laughs> menstrual cycle thing. Wouldn't be nearly as funny. So, so I've got to come up with some way for reason for you to book me instead of for this person who is more like you. She's your age, and she's you know got kids that are one and two or whatever. I need to convince you to come with this old dude. And so, my way of doing that is, hey, the old dude knows a lot, you know. So that's that's what I try and sell. But yeah, yeah. That, well, you got to go with your. That's the important. You know, that's actually more important than maybe you're you're uh, not giving it enough credit because. Honestly, you have to recognize what your strengths are. What's the most attractive qualities about you, and why somebody would hire you over somebody else? And you got to go with your strengths. Yes. Abs- creating a brand and creating marketing. So, what do I have going for me? If I was 28 and uh, and uh, you know part of a young married couple photographers, I would be love marketing big time. I'd be like oh, relationship yeah. marketing. I'd be like we're just like you. We have the same you know. Oh yeah. I'd have, I'd have the were... Mumford and Sons beard and the beanie cap and all the bracelets <laughs> on my wrist, and I'd be talking about how much I I love fish. And, and imagination dragons, imagine whatever that you know, and and, and the cold bears and the hives. juices and stuff. And, yeah, it'd be totally and, absolutely. Yeah. And I would be, I, oh, it's gonna be so great. And hey, let's get together at Starbucks before we go over to the rave or whatever it is kids do. And yeah, uh, yeah. no Starbucks, man. No, we go to we go to a local coffee shop. We buy local. Okay, there you go. So anyway, so that's my thing. And here's the other thing you want to do, and that is if you use uh, Google Chrome and if you use Gmail. Uh, buy a program, it's 50 bucks a year, called Boomerang, so that when you reply to your clients, you can hit Boomerang. Boomerang this in one week if I don't get a reply. So if you send them a, when you send a, an email out to your customer in one week, if they haven't replied to that email, it will come back into your email box. And you'll be like, oh, they never replied. And then you send them a follow-up. Hey, I sent you some information a week ago. I never heard back from you. I just want to make sure that you got it. I can't tell you how many times that works for me. And because the, and, they'll come back to you on the second one, they're like, oh, yeah, I did get it, you know, and, and I think we do want to set up a consultation. Uh, so, yeah, that's one of, the, one of the best little tools I own. It's called Boomerang. For 50 bucks, you can't beat that. Yeah, 50 that's bucks unbelievable. A I just want to apologize for the menstrual comment. Now I'm feeling yeah. really bad about it. You're going to be living that one down for a while. That's going to be great. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not going to ever have as much in common with the bride as a woman photographer does. Good. That's a much more PC way to put it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I, you know, let me, let me say, here's a little, just a little side rant. A little side hey. rant. Uh, what was I watching last night? I was watching the movie. Uh, <laughs> I was watching the movie Up in the Air, George Clooney and uh, and uh, oh yeah yeah where yeah. he he professionally fires people and right? they're going Isn't yeah it? and and he's teaching her how to go through airport security and when he gets there he's looking at at the the different lines right all the different lines going through for where he's going to go and he's like you don't want to get behind the people with the kid because no baby stroller folds up fast you don't want to get behind the old people because it takes them too long to do their stuff they're unaware of all the metal that they have on their body and they have no concept of how much how much uh less time they have on the earth he goes and then he looks over the corner he goes that's your target right there the asians the asians they travel light they dress conservatively and they have a thing for slip-on shoes and she goes, and, and, and he goes, they have a thing for slip-on shoes. God love them. And then she goes, that's racist. And I thought, is it? I, I don't know anymore. Is it, Gary, to say they like slip-on shoes? Is that well, an insult? If it's not racist, it's certainly um, over an overgeneralization. It's stereotypical. You're, you're, yeah. making, you're making a stereotype, right? And he said that. He goes, my mother dealt yeah, it's, in stereotypes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a it's stereotype. not racist. It's not like saying, what the hell's with all these Asians and their slip-on right. shoes? Yeah. You're saying, okay. well, you've, I have thing. observed through I my personal that, experience that, that Asian that people wear line. lots of slip-on shoes. <laughs> we've crossed a line where we have started to say that there's a difference between a stereotype and a racist comment. A stereotype to say uh, white men can't dance, that's a stereotype, but it's not necessarily – I feel it has to be insulting in some way. To be I don't know. Racist. I don't know that. I, it I don't know. See, that's that's where you get into the the mechanics of it. Is because something that you might think isn't offensive is to someone else. Do you understand? Like if but someone isn't that might, true of almost everything you say. Sure. Like if you were to say you that's could why, bond that's over why your menstrual cycle. I don't cycle. edit myself. I just say what comes <laughs> into my head and just I feel you know what's perfect. I can always apologize later. Yeah, though, there you see. <laughs> that's my philosophy. <laughs> It's easier to apologize after the fact than it is for yeah. me to possibly try and censor myself while I'm talking. Absolutely. You, get, you go, you know what? I'm a, I'm a person, and sometimes I say dumb and insensitive things, and I'm sorry about that, you know? <laughs> and I'm truly sorry. But, you know, I'm not going to walk around being in fear of stuff. But my question is, if, or my uh, rule is, if it comes into your head and you go, is this going to be racist? Just, just go ahead. Steer clear of it. Like, why not? Like, what's the point? Like, there's no joke that's funny enough to warrant it, you know, in mixed company or to say something. I mean, I, and I say, I put my foot in my mouth all the oh, time. Oh, yes, all the time. All the time. All like, the I time. live with my foot in my mouth. But, like, you know, luckily, uh, most of the people who end up sticking around in my life are fairly forgiving. So <laughs> that works out to my advantage. I don't know. So, I just, I feel like there has to be some sort of malice. You know, you have to be saying, you know, this about this group of people and this is why they're bad or why I don't like them. Well, then, yeah, now you are using a stereotype to classify an entire group of people in a negative way. That's bad. But saying Asians like slip-on shoes, I personally, I don't see how that's negative. But then you, but then again, you said, hey, there may be some Asians who are like, how dare you say I like slip-on shoes? Slip-on shoes are the worst. And for you to even suggest that I like slip-on shoes is just terrible. It makes me feel I, I don't terrible know. I think, that I think, you would say I think that. you're pushing a cart uphill here. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I, Yes, Gary is moving away from the microphone. I don't want to get into this conversation. I'm just distancing myself from you <laughs> and your lack of understanding when it comes to that's uh, what I'm, uh, I'm, I'm seeking help, Gary. social maturity, I'm looking, out, I'm looking for help. relations. There's, you're just you're, if we're having the conversation, why do it? That's my thought. But hey, whatever, you know. That's all fine. right. That's what I'll do. I, that's 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 what I try to do. But I feel bad about it. And you know what? I feel it's racist to say to make me do that. 
<laughs> You're oppressing my white privilege. That's right. right now, You're and being I racist don't towards me it. by not letting me talk smack about everybody. Hey, uh, sorry about it. So, uh, whether, was there any more to that? Question? That's it. That was it. I, I, he, okay. you know, he it was a question. He seemed to really want a detailed answer. I wanted to give him a detailed answer. And and and, and, and balled into that, he got a bunch of stuff about moles. And uh, and Asians and slip on shoes. So there you go, Sean. Thanks for writing in. I hope. I also it, want to uh, say that I, I feel that my my comment about the women bonding, uh, as bad as it is, <laughs> is not as bad as you just saying balls into that. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's just point that out. Okay, I said something bad, but you just said balls into that, Gary. <laughs> What are you doing? I just said what? You said balls into that. You got this and this and this. Oh. <laughs> you didn't even you didn't notice you said it. <laughs> I think you said rolled into that actually. You did not say rolled into that. Balled up in that's, that? I, that up okay, we're going to we're going to pretend that's what you said. Do we do we go balls deep into it? <laughs> oh, come on. Just double down. Just double down. <laughs> Why not? What are you going to do? Like it wouldn't be the first horrible thing I've said on this I'm show. Sorry. Would it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And and I'm fine with the fact that now I have to apologize <laughs> to all of our listeners. Sorry everybody. We have My to wrap bad. this up before we get I to I am sometimes insensitive. Before we do that, I just want to get to a couple of things from the Facebook page. I just want to point out we... that this that this show will be about half as long as we think once we have censored out all the stuff that I said. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is all right, goodbye. See you later. <laughs> That's about right. This, pod, this podcast will be... We have some questions from the email, but here's what's happening on the website. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can catch us online at photobombpodcast.com. Um, so uh, on the Facebook page last week, uh, we discussed uh, Canon Digital Photo Professional and Processing. I put uh, the side-by-side images from Adobe Camera Raw and Canon DPP. Um, and we got a couple of interesting comments. Um, let's see here. John Burridge says, I see that the Canon version is crisper and sharper. His facial hair is more defined. Not sure it's worth a disjointed workflow, though. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, that is definitely the thing that I'm struggling with is like, how is it the smartest way to get it into my workflow? I like his use of the word disjointed. Disjointed, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's a, that was a nice, a nice selection there. Disjointed. All right. Disjointed. Yeah, so we've had a, we're getting we're getting a lot of good people interacting on the Facebook page. Post your questions and comments there, and if there's something uh, you said that's totally worth it, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about it on the show probably because you know we need content. Um, also, I pu- I want to uh, b- draw some attention to um, a link from PPA that I pulled from uh, Twitter the other day, and it was talking about. Um, I've been having conversations with a friend of mine um, about like the, the the benefits of joining. Uh, the association, specifically uh, Professional Photographers of America. And one of the cool things that they do offer is they've spent a lot of time and money and effort putting together a uh, campaign called See the Difference, and it's a series of videos and all kinds of other stuff for you to be able to present to your clients what the difference certification makes and to be a PPA photographer and stuff. They just put out a bunch of cool um, customizable brochures as part of the See the Difference campaign that if you're um, on, uh, if you're a member, you have access to that. You can download them and swap out the images for your images, and they make really cool things to have um, in order to help your clients sort of see the difference between just hiring like a buddy with a camera and hiring a professional photographer. So that's that links on the Facebook page. That's really cool. In fact, I will pin it to the top in case anybody wants to see that because I think that's a pretty neat resource. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that. Okay, are we ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we got coming up. Don't you have some stuff coming up? May second, I uh, will be in Minneapolis, St. Paul at MNPPA. Go to MNPPA.com. April seventeenth, I will be in Tallahassee at TPPG.org. 
And I hope I got that right because uh, I've been informed that on every podcast for the last four, I have screwed up my Tallahassee visit. Uh, I think I said it was May last time, and then before that, I gave the wrong uh, address, and before that, I gave the wrong date. So it's April 17th, Tallahassee, TPPG. Well, that would make a huge difference if anybody listened to this That's podcast. True. Otherwise, That's true. It's, otherwise, it probably didn't do any Which harm. is basically my reply when it was pointed out to me. I was like, you're the only person who really even makes it to the end. Uh, June 5th, I will be in Mississippi, Alabama, PPMA, at Lake Point State Park Resort, and Eufaula. Alabama. Uh, and then, of course, coming up, uh, Focus God in September. Uh, in September, you and I will be at Focus uh, doing the uh, podcast live. And then way in the future, January 14th, 2018, Imaging USA. I will be uh, the first speaker, first day in the demo room. Oh, you got the 8 a.m. spot? I got the 8 a.m. spot in the demo room, which I, I thought was a bad spot. But the first time I was in Nashville, I had the 8 a.m. spot on day two, uh, the day after the Super Bowl. And I yeah, was and the, and, and the opening night party. Yeah and, I, yeah, and I was like, well, yeah. that's no one's going to be there. It's the you know, opening night party, Super Bowl, and I'm at 8 a.m. and the room was full. So I guess I, I think I don't know. I think 8 a.m. first day is a good spot, right? I mean, that's when people are still like, hey, I'm going to all the stuff. And then, oh, yeah, they're, they're not exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime you go to a multi-day conference, it's like by day four or three, like everybody is just like falling asleep in class. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a lot to, to be fully... Because people tend to get up early, go to a bunch of classes, stay up late, partying with their friends, get up early the next day. And after two or three days of that, it's pretty rough. Yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty worn out. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What have you got? The, the, the best spot is usually like the prime time right before dinner opening day. So like Sunday, the Sunday at like 5.15 or whatever the time slot is. The opening day, the, the, the early evening spot is usually like for me... For conferences I've been to, sort of the primo, but or really? morning, but morning on the first day is pretty good because you're going to be well attended because everybody wants to, everybody's got energy that first day. Still. Right, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. And, so, and, unless I end up with a, because I could have, I could have swore that somebody was in, had sent me an inquiry about a wedding or a bar mitzvah on that Saturday. So if that happens, then I won't be able to fly in until Sunday, and I'll have to petition to move my spot. But it I hasn't am, happened yet. They'll probably just drop you. No, there you go. No. That can happen too. <laughs> so um, also coming up, I just this just happened to me two days ago. I got invited to speak at Shutterfest, which is in uh, St. Louis. All and right. that's going to be the 19th and 18th and 19th and 20th of, of April. So that's coming up. So I will be there. And that's uh, Shutterfest.com is the website where you can get all that information. And I will be doing an all-new program there, one that I have not done before. Really? So yeah. it, won't, it won't be on Headshots. It is going to be on uh, marketing. It's going to be our whole marketing strategy, charitable marketing, SEO, social media, and email marketing all wrapped into one. It's called Mastering Marketing. It's going to be like how to get on top of your marketing and make it so that you know you actually feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and bringing in business without it kind of overwhelming your whole life. So it should be a pretty cool one. We need so much more of that, I think. You know, I think everyone wants to go to see speakers do you know i'm going to show you how to you know make this picture of a bride on the edge of the grand canyon and stuff like that and i feel like what people really need to be going to is how to market your business how to handle your workflow so you don't kill yourself um your basic retouching so that you don't absolutely yeah and, like, and but you don't see much of it because it's not sexy yeah it's not marketing is definitely not sexy but what's cool is shutterfest on the, the it's a two-day event and then on the third day they have what they call shutterfest extreme which is a whole day of just in-depth business classes oh okay so it's cool. all business pricing and stuff like that so it's going to be a really cool event i'm really looking forward to it flattered to be asked so um also in june 
on the 12th of uh, June and 12th and 13th, I will be in San Diego at the San Diego PPA. Um, and I will be doing a two-hour program on the night of the 12th and then a whole day hands-on headshot program on the 13th. And then on the 19th, I will be in the uh, in Austin, Texas at the Austin PPA. And I will be giving a program, a headshot program there for their uh, their their group, their PPA affiliate there. So um, I was supposed to be slowing down on traveling and speaking and stuff this year. But um, apparently, um, apparently I'm a big idiot and I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> it's hard to say no. It, you know what it it is especially if you really like teaching and I really yeah. like teaching yeah. you know yeah. and I enjoy it so I, I definitely have said no to a few things this year but um, any opportunity to go somewhere we haven't been before Julie's like you're going to take that gig right right <laughs> like, okay right San Diego I've never been to Southern California so why not I'll go check it out so that well be the difference between you and me too is that when you travel you take your wife and child with you oh yeah I'm I'm starting to make it part of my part of my speaking package is like. You know, they'll usually have like a, a travel limit. Like you can get a, a, a plane ticket up to five hundred dollars or whatever. And that's what they'll reimburse you for when you travel. Most most groups they'll do that. And so I'm like, well, I tell you what, if I can get three plane tickets for five hundred dollars, will you pay for three plane tickets? And they're usually pretty cool about it. Oh, so all right, like, cool. All right, you can find I, us uh, online at Facebook.com/slash Photobomb Podcast. Uh, you can find our website at photobombpodcast.com. You can send us questions, questions at photobombpodcast. You can review us online, please do, at iTunes. We need the good, positive reviews to help people find us. And I think that's it for us this week. Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> I think I got a title for the episode. <laughs> All right, see you later. Mm-hmm.